children in her care. Mallow, it's clear you're not only a fine maid, but a talented diplomat as well. Thank you, my lady. We are mostly packed for this evening. I understand that we will all leave together from Miss Kestrel's residence. Yes, we'll dine on the train, arrive late tonight, and be able to start work bright and early tomorrow. Very good, my lady, said Mallow. She gathered a few final personal items and frowned as she did what she could with the walking clothes, before folding and packing them as well. I hope you're not too tired, my lady. You were just travelling this morning and were leaving again tonight. But it was a most relaxing trip, Mallow. I feel very invigorated. She gave her maid a sly smile. Mr. Wheaton was also a guest. I'm pleased to hear it, my lady, said Mallow, scarcely looking up from her tasks. I trust he is well. Quite well. It's just that I know you are concerned, and I want you to know he treats me very well. Mallow gave Francis the barest hint of a smile. I would be deeply disturbed and surprised if he did not, my lady. What do you think of him, Mallow? I'm sure it's not my place to comment on your ladyship's friends. Or suitors, said Mallow. But I'm asking your opinion, Mallow, as I would for a hat or dress. Mallow saw the mischief in Lady Frances's eyes. I could say then, my lady, that I think that Mr. Wheaton is almost good enough for you. Frances laughed. You really are a diplomat. Thank you, my lady. Now I packed your green dress. It's suitable formal for dinners at a great house and sets off your hair nicely. Mallow summoned two hotel maids to help her bring the bags to the lobby, then turned the bags over to a pair of porters to take them directly to the station, making sure they had the correct train. Be careful with them. They belong to Lady Frances Folks, the sister of the Marquis of Seaforth. I will be very displeased if these bags are lost or damaged. Very displeased. The porters were over thirty, and Mallow not quite twenty but her tone and the seriousness of her face wiped away any thoughts they had of merely humouring her. They just touched their caps, said, Yes, miss, and moved along. And I'll be checking with the conductor, she called after them. Then she went back upstairs to get Lady Frances dressed for travel. Within the hour, they were on their way to Gwen Kestrel's London residence. Some years before, Sir Califord, caring little for London society, had put Gwen in the charge of an aunt of his late wife's to sponsor her debut during the season. The spring and early summer in London, where the cream of English society came together for one house party after another. The key goal was arranging marriages for the young people. In that respect, the season had not been a success for Gwen. But she found London much more to her liking than her father's country mansion, and stayed on with her great-aunt, making only occasional visits home. On arrival, a maid showed Francis and Mallow into Gwen's bedroom, where she was dithering over her packing. Although wealthy, it never occurred to her to engage a lady's maid, and Tommy was trying, gently, to organise Gwen. Too gently, because little progress was being made. Francis smiled fondly at the seemingly mismatched pair. Gwen wasn't much taller than Francis, with a pretty but rather vacant face surrounded by golden curls. Tommy, on the other hand, was taller than average, and although a more confident woman would have used that to her advantage, Tommy tended to stoop so as not to stand out. She came from a family of much more modest means than either Gwen or Francis. 
Her widowed mother was a martyr to her health, and with their few servants run ragged to meet the difficult woman's demands. No one in the household took time to care for Tommy. She was not anyone's idea of pretty, but as Frances observed when she looked at Gwen, there was a Madonna-like beauty in her face. So glad you're here, Franny, said Tommy. I'm ready, but Gwen is a little behind. Mallow, I think Miss Kestrel could use your help. Yes, she could, thought Mallow. If Miss Kestrel were left to her own devices, they'd never leave. Mallow picked appropriate dresses out of Gwen's closet as Gwen looked on wide-eyed. Now, let's get you out of your current dress, miss, and into something more suitable. But I like this dress so much, said Gwen. And I will pack it for you. It's too elaborate for train travel. You will have trouble making yourself comfortable, and the wrinkles will be almost impossible to get out. Ignoring further protests, she began undressing Gwen.